Hello Puggies and welcome to the Pug Life Show brought to you by Pug Parties because your pug deserves to be the best dressed pug at the porty and you can check out their outfits at pugparties.com. I'm your host Donna and with me are my puggy co-hosts Charles and Rosie. In this week's episode I'm talking to you about buying from a breeder or adopting a rescue. I've always felt that the universe gave me Lewis just when I was ready to be a pug mum for the first time. But finding your perfect puggy isn't always that easy or simple, not to mention having to decide if you should use a breeder or go to a rescue organisation. All options have pros and cons and we'll look at them all so you can decide if your perfect puggy is a rescue or a pup from a breeder. But before we start, I want to remind you to subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes so you get advance notice of our next episode and much, much more. blessed with a love of four puggies. Three were rescues and one a rehome, with all four coming to me in different ways, which is why I wanted to talk about the options available for a first-time pug porrent or a pug porrent looking to add to their grumble, because unfortunately there are options that could catch you out if you're not asking the right questions or looking for the signs that something's not right. The most important outcome is that you and your puggies are happy and that you find each other via a reputable organisation or breeder. With that in mind, I wanted to start this conversation with adoption through a rescue organisation because giving a puggy who didn't get a great start in life a loving forever home and fur family is really important to me, Charles and Rosie. Now, Usually, adopting a rescue is done through a well-known government-funded organisation such as the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals or better known as the RSPCA here in Australia. But you can also find your puggy love through a breed-specific not-for-profit organisation such as Pug Rescue and Adoption Victoria, Saffron on the Hill or Pugs SOS, just to name a few. These organisations are dedicated rescues focused on pugs and they do everything in their power to not only rehabilitate their charges as best they can, they also make sure that their next family is the best option for the pug first and foremost. Normally they'll have a no euthanase policy unless there is nothing else that can be done and their charges are typically cared for in a foster home with humans who know puggies and have at least one puggy themselves. Now, note, this policy is not always enforced in government-funded rescue organisations, and if that is important to you, I highly recommend that you check out their website before deciding to adopt via one of those organisations. Now, each organisation's adoption process is different, but at a minimum, you'll need to apply for a puggy and go through a verification process to make sure that you understand your role as a pug parent and that you're aware of what you're getting yourself in for if you're a first-time puggy owner. Now, this process greatly reduces the likelihood of a puggy being returned because the fur family were not truly prepared for the responsibility that comes with owning a rescue pug. And although it may seem harsh, it's about putting the puggy's well-being first. Now, there may or may not be a cost for you to cover in the adoption process. The fees usually go some way to recovering any medical expenses incurred to return the puggy to a healthy state so they can find their new forever home. 
most not-for-profit organisations rely on adoption fees and donations to continue their work and most adoption fees don't come close to covering the costs associated with puggy rehabilitation and foster care. My current puggy, Charles, and his brother, Winston, were pug rescue and adoption Victoria puggies, and I found their adoption process to be robust and fair when we decided to apply. It was definitely in the best interest of Winston and Charles, and I'm glad that they gave us the four paws of approval required for, for them to finally come and live with us. Now, Pug Rescue and Adoption made sure that Andrew and I were the best people to love and care for the boys, that our home was safe and puggy friendly, and that the boys connected with us during their home visit. Both boys needed extensive surgery to get them healthy, and I can attest that their adoption fees were a quarter of their overall medical bills, which is why we try to donate whenever we can. That way, another puggy can have the care that Charles and Winston receive um, and then we'll make sure that that puggy finds a family and they can live as happily ever after as much as we have. Now, interestingly, I rescued Lewis, my first pug, through a vet who knew the local breeder that I had been talking to about buying a pug puppy. Back then, which was 20 years ago, I honestly didn't think that puggies would need rescuing because they're awesome. And I mean, who would give their puggy away? Anyway, Lewis's previous owners had taken him into the vet to have him put down because they didn't want to look after him anymore and didn't want him to go to a home where he would be, inverted commas, mistreated. Now, Lewis was not in a good state when the vet saw him, which makes you wonder what his previous owners considered to be mistreatment. But thankfully, the vet convinced them to surrender him to the vet slash breeder who would make sure that Lewis would go to a good home. Two phone calls later, and guess where the good home was? That's right. I had agreed to take Lewis and pay for his vet bills to cover the medication, dental work, and wash to settle his untreated skin condition. I still believe that Lewis walked into the vet that day so that I could be in the forefront of the breeder's mind when the vet called asking for help. I will say that rescuing through a vet is not typical and usually puggies are surrendered to a local rescue organisation who will work really hard to find them a forever home. Lewis and I were just lucky. Having said all that, there are pros and cons to adopting a rescue puggy and I wanted to cover some of them in this episode so you had something to think about while deciding on where you might be looking to get your fur baby from. So some of the pros are you will see and meet the puggy before a final decision is sort of made, which is great. They are usually on their way to being house trained and have basic obedience training at a minimum. If the puggy has not been microchipped, desect, or they have health issues when they're rescued, the organisation will sort it all out before the puggy is advertised for adoption and you'll be provided with their health history on adoption, which is great. You'll be saving a life and they will love you for life because of it. And I can attest to that one. Finally, the adoption, the adoption process is fair and reasonable. And if the first puggy does not work out, the next one might. The important thing is that you and your puggy connect and you're the right fit for each other. Now, conversely, some of the cons to adopting a rescue pug are 
that bad habits developed with their last family will follow them into your house and you'll need to accommodate or retrain with patience. Charles was a persistent jumper and we had to really work hard to get him out of that habit as best we could because we had friends with small children and a jumping pug to a small child can be really scary. Now, you may need to continue their toilet or obedience training if they haven't quite mastered it yet, which we had to do with both Winston and Charles, for instance. Now, older puggies can take longer to settle in and train, but they are worth it in my opinion, which is which was Lewis for me, because they come with a level of calm that younger puggies don't possess. And it's just, they're just beautiful. Now, if you have one puggy and you then introduce another one later on, you may have some alpha issues that you'll need to monitor closely for the first couple of weeks or months to make sure that one puggy doesn't bully the other too much. They will figure it out between the two of them. You may have to deal with ongoing health issues as they get older that may or may not stem from their previous owners or their lineage. Now, I have experienced this with all of my pugs, but I see it as a part of my job as their pug mum And in some ways, I also see it as my way of making up for the rough start they had to life, making their their senior years a lot more comfortable. Now, I do want to mention a couple of extra things that don't really fall under the pro slash con list when it comes to adopting a pug. Now, if the adoption organisation you go through does not do a house visit, make sure that you and your house is puggy ready. And by this, I mean, make sure there's solid fencing that goes all the way to the ground. Um, There are puggies who will try and escape. Make sure you've got a doggy door and make sure that you have a cool area for them to be able to rest in in the summer months. It is Australia, let's face it. The other thing is, is in Australia, the RSPCA is trying to stop the breeding of brachycephalic dogs, which is what what are puggies, short-snouted dogs, so you may not wish to support them. I recommend checking out their website for more details on their campaign if you are interested to learn more and take that into consideration when deciding on how you're going to find your puggy and if it's going to be with the RSPCA. Wow, puggies. I'm loving this episode and I hope you are too. If you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, then please click on the link in our show notes so you get advance notice of our next guest and don't forget to join our Facebook group, Living the Pug Life, so you can be the crazy pug lady you've always wanted to be with our other like-minded crazy pug ladies. Now it's time to get back to the show. Now adopting a rescue is not for everyone. And some people are looking for specific traits, such as a certain colour, sex or cross, or they might be looking for a champion to show or a pug to train for agility competitions. Now, if this is the case for you, then a reputable ethical breeder is the way to go. Some of the ways you can find a reputable breeder is to Google pug breeder, or I, I highly recommend ethical pug breeder. Dogs Online and Perfect Pets are two well-known websites in Australia um, and and we will include their details in the show notes to make it a bit easier to find them. You could also Google Pug or Pug Owner Association and then ask for some referrals. 
You can also go onto Facebook and ask for a referral in one of the many pug play groups that are around. There are loads in Australia as well as globally. You can also ask friends or people at the local leash-free park, the local vet, your council pet registration office, or even other rescue associations that are not pug-focused or pug rescuers. Um, they, They know each other, so they'll be able to help you out. Now, once you've found a breeder that you're interested in using, get in contact with them. Go visit them so you can see where the puppies will be living prior to coming to you and ask lots of questions. The breeder should be happy to take the time to answer your questions if they're worth their salt. Now, I can hear you thinking, what should we be asking? So some of the questions you should be able to easily ask include, what is the breeding pair's history? How many litters has the dam, also also known as the mother or the breeding bitch, uh, had to date? What is the process for ordering a puppy? How difficult is it to get the colouring, sex, cross you're looking for, if that is important? What will it cost? And do you have to pay up front or on pickup or any combination of? Is there a waiting list? Very important. Are there any obligations as part of the order? also very important. When can you first meet the puppy so you can start to get to know them? What vet bills are covered by the breeder and what will you have to pay whilst the puppy is being weaned? What inoculations are covered by the breeder and what will you need to do on picking up your puppy? Very important. Does the breeder provide advice on what to do for the first few weeks after you pick up the puppy? Will the puppies be microchipped prior to pickup and whatever else you can think of? Now, I'm going to insert a warning here. Backyard breeding and puppy farming read unregistered and unethical breeding still occurs and these inverted commas breeders do not always do the right thing by the breeding pair or the puppies. Now, in Australia, Oscar's Law is trying to stamp out this practice beyond Victoria, where it is currently against the law with heavy penalties. But there are still people who will do this, and you need to be mindful of this when looking for a breeder. If the breeder is not registered with an ethical breeder association or are not willing to answer your questions or allow you to see the puppy or mother until pickup, I highly recommend walking away and reporting them to your local council. Unethical breeding is one of the reasons contributing to poor health in pugs and the only way to stop it is to report breeders who are not doing the right thing by the dam, sire or puppies. Now having said all that, I have many friends who have met their puggy true love at a breeder and they haven't been happier. So here are some of the pros with going to a breeder. You have a greater chance of getting what you are looking for if you have specific requirements in mind. If you're looking for a pug to show or train for agility competitions, a reputable breeder will be able to provide you with the necessary papers to prove lineage as well as prove their champion status of the breeding pair. Puppies are definitely easier to train in the first 12 months, absolutely. There are plenty of reputable breeders and they are worth the money if you want a happy and healthy puggy who will live a long life without genetic issues. Conversely, some of the cons to consider is that you may have to go on a waiting list until a puggy is available. 
Um, you may have to go interstate or as far as New Zealand to get the pug you want, which is going to add to the cost. Speaking of cost, prices can start from $3,000 per puppy. And if you're looking for a puppy with papers, then it can be a lot more. Finally, backyard breeders, inverted commas, who pose as ethical breeders do not follow ethical breeding practices and you should be wary of a breeder being more concerned with getting your money than ensuring the pug's health. Now, I'm sure you're wondering why a puppy from an ethical breeder costs more than a puppy from the newspaper or trading post and the short answer is level of care. An ethical breeder won't breed her dam every cycle the dam will receive pre- and postnatal care, including vitamins, regular vet checks and genetic testing, and the puppies will also get similar checks and care. Ethical breeders will have the pug's well-being at front of mind and don't breed to make a profit. They do it for the love of the breed. Now, finally, I'm going to cover purchasing a pug from a pet shop since it is still legal in some states in Australia. Now, thanks to Oscar's law, pet shop selling of dogs is prohibited in Victoria with Victorian pet shops to become rescue centres. Pet shops offer dogs from the RSPCA, so you may find that you won't be able to get a pug through your local pet shop in Victoria and that you're better off approaching a pug rescue organisation such as Pugs SOS or Saffron on the Hill. The team at Oscars Law are now working to achieve parity in other states to ensure that puppy farming and backyard breeding is eradicated from Australia permanently, which is where pet shops typically get their puppies from and is also the main reason why they're so cheap compared to an ethically bred pug. If you do decide to purchase a pug from a pet shop, make sure that you ask lots of questions of the pet shop staff about the dogs they're advertising like the questions I listed for a breeder before, all of them still apply. Any dog on offer in the stall should not look listless or lethargic or emaciated, and they should be in clean cages with lots of water and ventilation, as well as a spot they can curl up for a nap undisturbed when they need to. Sleep is really important for young pups and for their development. Now, if you observe any suspicious behaviour with the staff, like not answering your questions to your satisfaction, or you're not happy with the conditions that dogs slash pugs are being held in, then please report them to your local council immediately. The only way that we can ensure that dogs and pugs are treated with respect is by holding those responsible for their care to account. Now, humans, I've definitely not covered all of what you could consider when choosing your first puggy or your next grumble edition, but hopefully I've given you enough information to know where to start and what to ask. As I mentioned before, as a pug mum to rescue puggies, I obviously advocate for fur parents to adopt a rescue and give them the forever home they should have had from the beginning. I've had the best relationship with my puggies and I think it is because I've enjoyed discovering who they are and how they have evolved into the beautiful puggies they are once they realise that they're valued and loved for who they are. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is, is that you find your ideal puggy or puggies in a way that works for you and that you both live puggily ever after together. Now on that note, it's your turn to talk pug. 
I'd love to know how you met your puggies, what it was like finding each other and what surprised you the most about your puggies when they first come to live with you. So please share your stories with us over in our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, because I love hearing stories about how parents and puggies meet. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Pug Life Show. If you liked the episode or if you think it'll be useful for someone else, please leave a review over at podchaser.com. And if you've got any questions or want to tell us how much you loved the episode, then let me know over at our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, where crazy pug ladies meet to talk all things pug. So until next time, puggies, have a pawsome week and humans be generous with the snackies.